and welcome to another episode of Alcoholitics. I am your host, Rain Myers. I'm joined by my co-host, Katrina Marks. Katrina, how are you? Doing swell. How about you? I'm doing all right. You know what I've noticed? What? You haven't introduced the show in a bit. I know. We used to... That's because I think you do it when it's guests. <laughs> and that's what's... We've had a lot of guests lately. Okay. So I do it when it's guests. You you just... All right, so you take that time off and just chill. Yeah. I'll do it if it's a guest that I'm very familiar with. <laughs> but otherwise, I don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> all right interesting interesting i know what's going can on can i just say i just let you do whatever I, can i just say it's really wild that we're not a minute in and you just give a huge fuck you to our guest that's crazy i can't believe you did that but okay did I? yeah by you're saying like, i don't know her very you're like well. look i don't know you so i'm not introducing you so <laughs> i don't think so okay interesting i'm not the one I'm, you're the guest coordinator i'm just saying that's you an do interest- all the interaction just you saying. set it up you talk to the i'm like Hello, five minutes before the show starts. <laughs> that is that I will admit that's that my is, role in this. That game. is partially true. You do you do just pop in and you're like, hey, what's up? I pee a lot. Let's do this. <laughs> that does seem to be your MO. That's true. Um You ca- learn a lot about me really fast. Really fast. Katrina, we are almost in May. Um actually if th- when this drops, I think it'll be May, right? Yeah, tomorrow's May. Tomorrow's May. I didn't know how many days were in it was in April, because I didn't say the poem in german yet um uh, uh it's almost may so we thought it might be a real quick a good thing to really quickly go over what our uh some new year's resolutions we had previously were we listened to those um in the car <laughs> uh today um because and and what was what was something that you had tried that you were trying to do this year that that you uh, either are succeeding at or are not succeeding at my goal was to like chill out and relax be more chill, right? Yeah, be more chill. And I have been more chill. You've been pretty chill. I've been real chill, man. I'm yeah. so chill. <laughs> now, now you sound like you're not chill. I am so chill. <laughs> you actively sound like a police officer trying to find the weed dealer. <laughs> I'm so chill. Does anyone know where I could find where the chill stuff is? Where is that at? <laughs> um, that's So you, you feel more like relaxed and stuff this Hell year? Hell yeah. I mean, getting the vaccine helped a lot for sure. And then just, like, a general, like, not giving a fuck attitude when it comes to my current employment. I wouldn't Real say that. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a wild. I, should I? Ble- I'll bleep that out. You don't need to bleep it. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Just, you don't don't let the, the drama bother me. You know? Oh, That's okay. I, right. But if, if you heard that yourself, you'd think something different, right? I wouldn't think, oh, don't let the drama bother me. I'd think, oh. I have a fuck about this job. <laughs> I mean, sure. Uh, my, <laughs> I'm going to move to my New Year's resolution before your employers hear this and fire you. Um, I, I, one of the things that, sorry. No, you're good. One of the things that um, I wanted to do podcast wise, well, let's let's be honest. A lot of the things that I said I wanted to do, I'm failing at. I yeah. wanted to start another podcast. We're almost half a year in, and I have not. Well, done that. you've had meetings. I've had meetings. Me and my friend Eddie have had. We've had uh, production meetings? Question <laughs> mark. <laughs> um, but, but but you know, and I, I say that because I've never had a production meeting before. But we've we've had talks, and we're gonna get it done. It just has taken a bit. But so, so technically, I have failed that thus far. Also, um, I said this was going to be, I think I said this was going to be the year of games um, because I previously said last year was going to be the year of games on the podcast and that has not come to fruition. I don't even know. Have we done? No, we've done at least one game. I think it was literally one game in like almost half a year. 
so i think that's accurate i gotta i gotta buckle down and get some games in this um but i am getting the podcast up on time no that was a last year resolution damn it um no i don't think you're doing any of the things you're supposed to that's not true and i'm gonna i'm gonna explain how that's not true in just a second i have actually one of the things i said was getting more guests and we are absolutely getting more guests Uh, i think that was the last year shut up no it was this year we're getting more guests we i'm absolutely (laughs) getting more guests this year and i think that's a i think that's i think you're doing all of last year's resolutions this year i'm watching watching a bunch of movies so many so many stupid movies mortal Mortal kombat's a dumb movie um uh i would like to introduce our guest because i'm getting more guests for this year um (laughs) she is the uh she's an activist she's the host of the progressive voice um for uh, action together and she uh hosts her own podcast called the alicia show um please welcome alicia duque alicia welcome to the show hello i'm so happy to be here how are you I, I'm great. I'm happy to be a guest on the show. Um, I'm sorry that you don't know me that well. <laughs> you know, I did have a little uh, a stint on reality television over 10 years ago. So, but other than that, my work is mostly in the activist space and social media right now. So. Well, that's always good. Let's before yeah. we before we get because I want to talk about um you know I want to talk about your podcast and um and the the show that you host. But before that. Do you remember any New Year's resolutions that you made and have you been following through on those? Yes. So I, first of all, I love the New Year's resolution energy and I'm one of those people that doesn't set New Year's resolutions. I do monthly goals. Um, So for me, I am, uh, I feel like I'm always evolving and changing. So one of the big things for me was really to lean into my work and really sink my teeth into everything that I do. And my motto for this year was, uh, well, I've had a vodka now. So now it's, I don't know what the motto is. (laughs) (laughs) It was, oh, I got it. It was uh, appreciate everything, expect nothing. Okay. That's a good motto. That's a very good motto. That's been with everything that I do, appreciate everything, expect nothing, especially in this world of, you know, pandemic and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, Me and my fiance actually had a big wedding plan that we had to cancel. So it was really devastating for me. Um, And now for, you know, this year, I'm just like, I'm going to appreciate every moment, really lean into every moment, no matter where life takes me. So I think I'm doing it every month to month. So that's good. And doing it month to month is really good. I, I remember some other stuff I had said privately, not on mic about New Year's, and I know I'm doing, I think, 0% of those. Um, like, absolutely zero. Doing it month to month probably at least gives you, like, a shorter deadline, because I can realistically say, oh, as long as I do this by December, I did it. But <laughs> no, absolutely not. It's a lie. It's a lie we're all telling ourselves. Do it month to month. Give yourself that hard deadline. Yeah, I think the smaller goals, it leads up to the whatever big goal you mm-hmm. want to achieve smaller ones work for me so um can i just before we get into uh before one more question do you watch the show the circle okay so for the first time ever because this is the second season right on netflix yes (laughs) okay and as a former reality tv star i have to say i was intrigued but it didn't hold my attention. Oh, fuck. Wow. All right. <laughs> wow. Sorry. It, no. just, it just, I was trying to follow, like, they're in a house. I kind of felt like, it, do you remember that movie Smart House? No. no. 
it was like many, many, I might be showing my age now, but it was many, many years ago. Um, and it was just like, I mean, I was trying to, I thought the idea of it's pretty neat. And I'm thinking since it's the second season, the first one must've did pretty well for the circle. Mm-hmm. Cause why would there be a second season? But, um, I don't know. I was, I, I didn't fully engage me. Interesting. Sorry, Interesting. Yeah. And um, I had people tell me, Oh, you got to watch it. It's like magnificent. And I'm, I love reality television and I just, I, mm, Katrina, I you liked the first season more than the second. Yeah. I think the first right? season was better. Um, no. I, I could see if you didn't watch the first season, not, not being into the second one personally, but I don't know. I love it. Do you like the, the characters in the, in the yeah. first one better than the second one? Characters. They're human beings. Um, but they're playing characters. <laughs> Some of them are playing characters. Like Rebecca. Oh, y'all, I say this every week. <laughs> I say this every week, and I mean this. One week, we are going to just talk about the circle. And I just. I want to do a full episode, but Terrain's like, no, that's not appropriate for the you podcast. You guys love the show. Do you watch 90 Day Fiance? No. No, but fucking okay, so should. Like that that show seems wild as hell. <laughs> Listen, and me and my fiance did long distance for two years, and then I moved to Nebraska for him as he finished the service and everything. So for me, I think it's somewhat relatable. But what's remarkable to me is that so many people keep doing this over and over again for love, mm-hmm. or you know, to get. To a different country. <laughs> another, you might, you might like, you might like Love Is Blind. <laughs> that is another. You should watch. That Love is, is another blind. Netflix that reality is just show. Perfection. It is beautiful. Yeah. Okay. For, I might have to check that out. Then. Just to, just to, just to give you a, a like a synopsis. Uh, there are like a bunch of people. They're all in like this one house, but they can't see each other. They have dates. The in... men and the women are separated. The men and the women are separated because okay. because the show doesn't believe that um, any other you know uh, relationship relationship is is real. No. Um, but uh, but the men and the women are separated, and they have dates in what they call pods. So so like there's some they're talking uh, like uh, on either side of the wall to each other. Like you don't actually get to see the person and you have wow. like, I think you have, I can't remember the like time period, like a week to propose to someone <laughs> and then they do it. And then and they have to get married. And it's phenomenal. Fantastic. So uh, yeah, so this is on Netflix too. So I'm going yes. to have it is on Netflix. More yes. my alley. It's, it's, and ooh. on a very kind of weird note, and please don't judge me. And I, I don't think you will. I really love teen mom. Oh no. Okay. Yeah, so like, I, I, and I'm so weird and, you know, I'm in my mid thirties, but I like follow all the girls on Instagram and and they're no longer teens. Like they've been on the show. They're almost 30 themselves, but I'm just like, oh, there's so much drama and they keep having babies and I'm like, come on, but it's just, oh. Yeah. They're like fighting their mom and and go, and it's wild. (laughs) I don't know about, (laughs) I I know like very, very vague things from that. Katrina and I also- but before before we move on, I'm I'm extremely <laughs> I, curious. I don't think we're ever moving um, on. <laughs> I'm extremely curious. I'm sure some of our listeners are. What reality show were yes, you a part of? I was gonna ask oh. that, but I didn't know if that was like a cool thing to do. But since Katrina did it because she doesn't know you, I get it. <laughs> so funny enough, I was actually on two dance reality shows. My first network show was in 2007. It was called Dance Machine. 
um, and it was a dance competition series. Uh, Jason Kennedy was actually the host. He's a E Entertainment host. Um, this is when he first got started. And then after that, in 2009, I was on a show called Dance Your Ass Off. On I've the heard Oxygen of that Network. one. Yeah. So I had my 15 minutes of fame and uh, lost 110 pounds, and you know. 12 years later, so I've gained weight back, but um, it was quite the experience. I mean, I worked with everybody who, you know, works on Dancing with the Stars. Um, I always danced, so it was a perfect match for me, and uh, I'm definitely connected to a lot of people in the dance community that I, I love, so yeah, it was cool. It was a great, a great experience, and um, yeah. That's very cool. That's dope as hell. I was in an Attack Attack music video, but whatever, I guess. Let's okay. keep moving. <laughs> No, 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 not oh hey, no, <laughs> no, literally zero, no. Um, <laughs> and kind of a, another funny fun fact: before I did any of that, I was actually a finalist to be. I don't know if you remember the show was the Flavor Flav show. Uh, no, what? No, what? Stop! Yeah. Everyone, stop everything! <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, but I was not on there, so I was like before they had all the girls and. Flavor of love? So, but I, I did not end up going on the show, so. Okay. All right. Last thing before we move on. This is the real last thing. <laughs> you didn't get on. You, you weren't on it, which honestly no. is a fucking blessing in disguise. <laughs> but, but what would your, what do you think your name would have been? <laughs> because as you know, Flava Flav just got to name a bunch of women, whatever he wanted. So what, what would your I, name have been? Listen, I'm a thick girl. So I'm thinking it had to be something like thickness or something. <laughs> he like, you know, it was, it was quite a casting experience because he had to see all the women himself and everything. And, you know, New York got my place, I guess. New York, remember New York from the show? Oh, oh yeah. No. Oh, oh yeah. We know God. New York. We know New we York. We know New York. <laughs> but oh. yeah, when I tell people that, they're like, what? Like, no matter, even though I was already on television, I was like, yeah, well, that's, I just didn't do that one. That's so wild. Retrospectively, and, you know, my soon to be husband is like, a, I'm glad you didn't get with the Flav. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I bet he was. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! Let's talk about what you are doing right now. Um, uh, you, you. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit about. Sorry, I'm trying to. I'm, I'm not kidding. It's so hard to pivot from what that is because I literally am like I can talk about that for the rest of this. We don't even have to talk about any of the shit we're talking about. But but that's not what the show is. I have to focus. Um, let's talk about what you are doing right now. You um you are a part of uh, a, a group action together that I'm tangentially also sort of a part of um if jess Britton asks i am um could you tell me tell me tell us about that tell us about what that is sure so we are a local political activist organization grassroots organization in northeastern pennsylvania um i am the outreach organizer there and i also host a new digital show for them called the progressive voice Um, we're committed to political activism and real community change it's a wonderful organization within the greater NEPA area, and I'm happy to really, um, you know, sink in and, and create those um, changes that need to be happening and get the word out there. You, um, you did, I, I was able to, I don't know how many, I don't know if there are more episodes. I know I got the one. I don't know if there are more episodes out, but you did a, a great episode on fracking where you got to talk to a, like a, a state representative. Um, yeah. How do you, how did you uh, go about like, like, how does that put together? How did you, how did you reach out to that representative to get them um, to participate with the show? 
Sure. You know, the biggest thing with this digital platform is to really break down, you know, conversations and topics that specifically within the greater Dnieper area, even though people always talk about them, they don't really essentially understand it. I mean, even the first show was on fracking, believe it or not, I had some people write me and they didn't even understand what fracking was and was happy that I actually broke down what it actually looks like in our mm-hmm. area. And, you know, we're always have, we have different connections with action together to get those conversations going with the people that we need to be talking to and get it out to the public. Um, gearing up, we are going to be fo- focusing on infrastructure, which is obviously a hot topic right now with Biden's um, speech just, um, when was it, Wednesday night? Yeah, Wednesday night um, about the American Rescue Plan. So we will be covering all of that and what it looks like um, at a local level. And, you know, it's important to me personally, you know, I'm a busy mom. I have three kids at home, multicultural family. Two of my kids are on the autism spectrum. So this affects me and my family directly on how these funds will be distributed and how this will really help out the greater community here in NEPA. So, um, yep, next show we'll be gearing up. We'll be talking about infrastructure and really excited to get that out there as well, get the right information out there. That's awesome. You also host your own podcast um, called The Alicia Show. Uh, what, What do you like to talk about in that? Sure. So I'm a life lover. So I love to put a little extra pep in everybody's step. But not only that, I love pop culture. I love talking about reality television. So I'm glad you guys brought that up, especially being a former reality star. But also what's happening with the latest celebs and what we can do to kind of intertwine that and how to uplift one another just with all the current events going on. So, um, yeah, check that out and thealiciashow.com. Yeah, I was gonna say, um, where do you, uh, where can we find, uh, where can we find you and your work? So, for example, if we wanted to follow you specifically on on social media, what were, what would your handles be? So, all my handles on social media: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, is at Miss Alicia Duque, and you will find me there. And then, if you're interested. And hearing of my podcast or just staying up to date with everything that's going on, even my activism work, you could check it out at thealiciashow.com. Awesome. Awesome. One more thing. You, are you, you teach dance classes. Is that correct? I do. I shake my cake. I, <laughs> I have a question. <laughs> I have a question. I try, this reminded me. I'm trying to be as as professional and and not like weird as at this because could, we had an episode like a while ago where someone mentioned um goldfish. A, 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 one of our guests, one of our guests mentioned. Where's uh, this going? <laughs> it sounds great. One of our guests mentioned the the snack goldfish. Uh, like, and I said it was the snack that smiles back, but it was a it was a female guest, and Katrina's like, did you just call her a snack? <laughs> So I'm trying from from that point on. I'm like I have to be as careful with what I say as I can. Um, you host a you sorry you you teach a dance class. How and and I and I saw a post about it. So I just want to ask, how the fuck do you get up to do a set six o'clock dance class in the morning? How's that How's that possible? How do you do that? And is it is it because you have children? Because that would make sense to me. Otherwise, uh-huh. it is otherwise what I'm hearing sounds like a uh-huh. like just insane. It's it's completely foreign to the to my entire being. <laughs> well, first of all, yeah, part of it is my kids, but I read a book many years ago, and I wish I had the title for you because I don't remember it. It's called Wake Up, you- Asshole. It's six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They said, uh, no, uh, but it talked about how you should do the things that you're really passionate about and what you love to do right in the morning because it's going to set your day. 
Okay. So for me, I love to dance. Like, and I've had this dance background. I've struggled with weight back and forth. And a lot of the the people who come to my class, like they really just come to, I think, really have a kick-ass time. And it's different than, you know, your fitness guru who's doing a whole bunch of burpees. I'm there, you know, with Megan D. Stallion, you know, you know, just shaking my ass the whole time. And they're <laughs> loving it. And so do they. And that's how we start our morning. So I say, come shake your money maker before you go make that money, honey. So and then they're there with me. So yeah, it's See, a good time. Well, That's awesome. No, okay, that that honestly, that is awesome. And Katrina, I have some great news. We're gonna start doing the podcast at six a.m. <laughs> because if there's one thing that I truly value and 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 want to put my heart in, it's drinking and doing this podcast. So we'll get that started real early in the morning. <laughs> Um, that's great. Uh, so honestly, go, go, like, th- these are some super awesome, uh, like the, I'm sure the, the podcast itself is super awesome. I know the progressive voice is super awesome. Cause I, I have seen that and I'm very excited for the episodes that are coming up. So go, uh, go find Alicia and, and get on that shit. It's going to be awesome. Um, yeah. let's get into, um, our show. We're skipping quick news and I know what you're thinking. How can we skip quick news when, Joel Greenberg released a, or, or a, a letter from Joel Greenberg essentially pointing out Matt Gates as a predator exists and the fact that Rudy Giuliani got raided. How are we skipping that? And I'll tell you what, I'm not skipping it. I just said it. But we are going to go ahead and talk about um, – we're going to go talk uh, – as, as we had pointed out, uh, Joe Biden uh, gave his joint address, a joint address to Congress on Wednesday um, just for all our – um, poli sci heads and our uh, historians out there. It's technically not the uh, not the State of the Union. Um, that doesn't happen the first year. I, I don't. I didn't. I didn't look up why. It's stupid. Uh, doesn't it happen before inauguration would happen? No, 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 no. The first year in office, it's not a State of the Union. Right. It's a joint address. Right, to but like, doesn't the State of the Union normally happen like in January? It happens in like February. You're there inaugurated oh, okay. before they give it. Yeah. It, w- you it would still be weird. You can't give a State of the Union. I've been the president the- for a week. <laughs> I don't know what's going Let on. Let me yet. tell you what the State of this Union <laughs> It is confusing. There's a lot of stuff I don't know about this. Um, so uh, Joe Biden gave um, his uh, gave his address to Congress. Um, I wanted to start talking uh, start by talking about like how it, it was it was weird in the sense that like it's not a, a usual address. You. Usually, don't see address an address during a uh, pandemic where you can't have a full house. Um, Joe Biden spoke to like you know I would say there were like two hundred uh, ish people in the in the building when you know that's not even half of uh, the House of Representatives. Um, uh, definitely a definitely a weird. Um, but if, but if you were looking at it head on, like if you're looking at it just uh, like the the cheering sounded quieter, but the 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 camera angle was as long as you were looking directly at Joe Biden and um, VP Harris and, and um, Speaker Pelosi. Normal. When they did crowd shots, you saw the empty seats, but um, straight, straight ahead, normal. What did we think of just the optics, like the, the look of the, um, uh, of the address? I'll start with um, Alicia. Sure. Well, the one thing that I loved was seeing two female leaders right in back of Joe Biden. Damn right. Well, yeah. Like, damn right. Let's like that was something for me um, as a female. I was like, here we go. Let's let's keep this going. Let's keep this popping. And you know, I think for it, it's been too long that we haven't seen that. And to see that, um, 
I can't wait until we actually have one right in front, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. I, like that conjured such an, like a, a wonderfully uh, emotional response, right? It was, it was, it was such a proud moment to be able to see like the, the, the vice president of the United States, the speaker of the house of the United States, both women. Um, we have, we have uh, a black woman as the vice president, like it, beautiful, beautiful imagery. And it just conjured up like, we're almost there. One more. Give me one more. Like I want I, like this, the idea of center left and right, uh, that triangle all being women huge. That will be a huge moment. And it based on what we saw, like what we saw on Wednesday, it seems like it's closer than it is, um, than it is far away. Um, yeah. Katrina, what did you think of the, just the, the viewing of it? I think at this point it seemed pretty normal. Yeah, I, I'm I'm so used to seeing people in masks and social distance and everything. It didn't feel odd. I think it would have felt more odd to see people closer together. Yes, so. I, I think that's fair. Like I, I it, in the, in the terms of like the grand scheme of like the joint address, it definitely looks different. It looks like, but but in the terms of where we are in April 2021, mm-hmm. I forgot what year was. <laughs> um, in April 2021, that does look normal. It's like if I, in 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 um in July 1946, <laughs> like if if we did see a full house, that probably would have been jarring, right? Like yeah. I feel like yeah. in that, yeah. like I feel like in that like looking at it that way, that would have been insane. Though though I can never get over how awkward it is to watch these really old politicians like fist bump each other and like (laughs) bump elbows and stuff i'm like that's not no i don't like it i'm not a fan (laughs) yeah i agree it it does come off a little bit awkward Mm mm-hmm like you, when you when you see like Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi fist bump or elbow bump, it's like a hundred and sixty years of <laughs> combined of just like yeah. I'm like I don't know about this. I don't know about this. But. Yeah, I wonder if like a side bump, like in dance, you know how they mm-hmm. like bump the hips. Hip bump. Hip yeah, bump. <laughs> maybe maybe that would work out better i don't know <laughs> they would they would break their hips doing that yes it's very dangerous for our elderly politicians mm-hmm. oh wow we're being real hard on them for i mean they're injuries. they're both pushing 80 is nancy over nancy's 80? over 80 yeah. i think nancy is 80 i think by the way we're being i think so am i wrong i'm looking it up right now just because i have oh to God. know this um immediately but i would like to say as we're doing this you know we're being real hard on the she's 81 we're being real hard on our older politicians but at the same time like you know i'd like some they're old they're (laughs) i mean i don't know there's no sugarcoating it i know they're old i agree i'm just trying not to sound ageist (laughs) um let's let's talk about the the contents of the speech itself let's talk let's start with let's start with what good things we we heard what we enjoyed to hear what we um were happy to hear um uh, katrina i'm going to start with you on this one what was what was something in there that you were um happy to hear um president biden speak about or say well, I honestly was pretty happy with a lot of what he ended up saying. I I was very actually surprised by this whole speech in general. Um, it it was very optimistic and positive, which is different than I usually feel about politics. Um, also different than how you usually feel about Joe Biden. Right. Yeah. I I think it was a really good speech, and I think 
the content was really geared at people who don't pay much attention and I think it was really informative and, and the message is really good for them to like, hey, we need to work together. Like, I'm willing to work together. We just, everyone wants this. Let's all just work together. Like, I, I do think that was actually a really good message. And that was the tone overall of the speech that, you know, there are people like other countries are going to take our place if we don't just get together and get stuff done. Yeah. I do think that was a good message. Yeah, he did speak of his, his brand of bipartisanship, which the his administration has been rolling out, which is like it's not bipartisanship as in we compromise with what Republican politicians want. It's what the Republican voters like, like, like if our plans are popular with Democratic voters, put Republican voters and independent voters, that's bipartisan enough. Mm-hmm. Um, he did. He did put that on display in the speech last night. Uh, sorry, on, on Wednesday night as well. Uh, Alicia, what, what did you uh, enjoy about the speech? No, I have to say I was really happy to see um, Joe Biden um, present very strong, um, Mm -hmm. where I felt like, you know, throughout the course of the campaign, um, the other side would constantly, you know, poke puns at different things that he struggles with when he speaks. So I was really happy Mm -hmm. to see him present in a way that was so clear and very assertive um, and very well, I think, laid out, um, like Katrina has said, in a way that people would understand. Um, something that always just irritates me and both sides do it, you know, when they are not happy with what he's saying, they clap and they just sit down. It just always irritates me. I don't understand like why they have to do that in the house. I know that it's on both sides, depending who's in the office that that happens. But it's just very, I just feel like we need to get, we need to get, we just need to stop that. Like, that's just juvenile, in my opinion. Yeah, they're it's all very juvenile. There is this, like, weird, like, this this weird thing that exists in all of these addresses where yeah. the president says something and, like, either A, it's everyone has to stand and applaud because they're like, I'll get killed if I don't stand and applaud for this. Or one half who's, like, this, on the side of the president stands and then the other half is, like, sitting with their arms crossed really <laughs> upset. Yeah. Like, like, would you see that? Like, my thing is, is like, would you see that anywhere else? You know what I mean? <laughs> if someone's giving a presentation, even if you did not agree with them, you would still give them the respect to just, you know, at least applaud. It's just, I don't know. Every time I see it, and it all, and no matter who's, you know, who's our president of the United States, it, it's hap- it happens on both sides. Yeah. Just one of those things that just always just kind of irritates me. But overall, I, I think he, he did a, a wonderful job. Um, I do wish there was a little bit more of the how things were going to happen, not just what wants let's, to happen, but the how. Let's before we, because I do want to move on to what we what we wanted more of in the speech. So I'm going to get to sure. get back to you in like one sec. I don't think I put that in the outline exactly, so that's my bad. Um, I put it. I like set up the outline in like a bare bones <laughs> way, and then like updated it for myself. Be like, all right, here's how I want to get through this stuff. So that's my fault. By the way, one thing I didn't say at the top, and I usually this isn't a tip I give during the podcast podcast but i'm going to give it now just because i didn't do it before the podcast if at any point you want to make another drink feel free to i don't care about the sound of pouring i don't care about the sound of ice this is this is what this podcast has been built on like we 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 pour during it we crack she cracks open a truly during it like that's how this goes so don't worry about that i just want to make sure that was clear too in case you were like i was thinking it was going to be an audio thing and i hear him oh you're talking about the drink oh okay no problem (laughs) No, everything's perfect. I just want to make sure that you knew that that was okay. Um, uh, one of the, so so um, one of the things I, I thought was good. I wanted, like I said, uh, like Katrina actually pointed out the um, uh, the 
the, this administration's brand of bipartisanship I thought was super important, like not straying from that, like understand, like continuing to understand that that's what bipartisanship is. It's not compromising with Republican legislators because Republican legislator legislators don't always speak for Republican voters. If your plan is if your if your plan is po- uh, uh, popular with every like just all of the the nation, then fight for your plan and who gives a shit what the opposition says. Um, so he did he did that and he spoke in that bipartisan fashion, but also was able to call out Republicans on um, like when when it mattered. Like speaking about uh, gun control legislation, speaking about um, you know the universal back like universal background checks, making sure to like shore those up. Um, he directly called out Republicans, saying that they need to join with the majority of Democrats that are willing to that are that are putting their neck out and getting that done that want to get that done. Um, I thought that was really really good because it, like a lot of it he seemed like he was kind of like letting republicans off the hook but that's like you know he's not going out there to like you know just fist fight republicans on that stage he was going out there to unite the country but he understands that in some in some regards he has to point out that they are the hindrance that that in 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 a specific um in specific forms of legislation including that one um and i thought i thought policy he was pretty heavy i i i I, we can talk about um how he uh you know how plans get done because i have a big problem about how his plans could get done (laughs) uh but but policy wise very heavy on policy, I think. He he pushed the American Rescue Plan Act, um, which was passed earlier this year. He's pushing his his um, infrastructure bill. Um, he is he was pushing. Uh, he pushed a little bit on HR one. Um, like policy wise, he was he was there talking about you know um, how you know child tax credits and and trying to uh cut child poverty in half with the with the with the bill that he's that he's proposing like these are these are really really good but um we can talk about you know again um what what lacked a little bit um so actually i would like to go to you alicia um to to go into maybe the the not bad but what we wanted to hear more about what what did you want to hear more about in the speech yeah and i think it's just to piggyback off what you just said was i love that he laid out so much of what we are excuse me what he wants to push and what he wants to get done but there wasn't a how and that's what i was looking for because as you mentioned there's different ways that things could happen and i that's a fear of uh, a personal belief for me but i also i wish there was just a little bit more of the how we are we are going to nail down these things happening for us so um that's something i just wish there was a little bit more out there mm-hmm. and i i think too like not like push back in a rude way but like no get rude just to like Let's yeah. a, i think get, the context uh, bu- buckle up it, y'all a fight's about to happen he really was like <laughs> though though he was delivering this address in the context that it would be viewed by everyday americans mm-hmm. he really was addressing this to congress like he kept referring to them directly yeah. like we need to do this you guys know this yeah. you guys did this like throughout the whole thing so i think like in the context of how he wanted to get things done, he was telling them, this is what I want you to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that's going to work, but I do think that was like, you know, instead of him going to Congress and saying, if you're not going to do what I want you to do, I'm going to do it this way. Like, I think that's just wasn't the like setting of this speech is my thought on that. I, I and I, I think I agree to an extent. I, I for the I, I'm like I think I'm like like again like 95 yard line. Oh, sorry, the the 5 yard line I'm with you. But that last 5 
what I needed to hear him say was, and I know that he, again, I get that he couldn't say it because of where he was and who he was uh, giving the speech to. What I needed to hear him say was, and in order to get this stuff passed, we need to re we need to look into um, reforming the filibuster so that my, so that these plans that the nation wants, that, that voters want, that a majority of all voters, not just Democrats, but independents and Republicans want can get passed and not be held up by, by obstructionist tactics. Like he needed, I, I, that's what I wanted to hear. And I, I know I'm not, I knew I wasn't going to hear it. I wasn't like, I wasn't like, you know, I'm not too upset, but like, that's something that needed to be in there. The fact that like to, in order to pass my plans, in order to pass plans that the country wants, again, this isn't just my administration. I'm, I'm not Joe Biden. This isn't just Joe Biden's administration. <laughs> like these are, these are plans that the, the country itself wants. They cannot get through if there is a filibuster where 60 you need 60 votes to pass anything and that needed to be said and it wasn't i do i think that's true i just think that um his speech was very kind to republicans i think he was trying to win them with honey rather than sh- uh vinegar mm-hmm. so he was trying to build a bridge yeah which is his thing yeah. you know like he yeah. even he even gave them credit um at first terrain thought he was giving them credit for voting for the rescue act when no republicans did zero but he mm-hmm. in that context he was saying that republicans voters wanted it yeah. but then later he literally did say republicans and democrats came together to pass the rescue act it's, it's like, like fucking no they, they didn't. didn't joe no they didn't <laughs> he's, he, he's, and that's a problem because yeah. i do apologize for cutting you off but that's a problem because a bunch of these yahoos are on twitter talking about how Here's all the stuff that I'm bringing back to our district. And it's like, you didn't do a goddamn thing. And they, you can't let them get away with it, Joe. You just can't. Sorry, yeah. Katrina, go ahead. I'm yeah. real mad now. No, he, I, I just think he was trying so hard to appeal to their better nature and also appeal to the fact that your voters also want these things. I think that was his goal. He could have, like, honestly, he could have attacked them the whole time and we would have been like, yeah, that was true. Good job, Joe. But <laughs> like, him up. Get he, he was trying to just, you know, reach over the aisle. And I think mainly the tactic was aimed at voters. But in doing so, he still gave credit to the Republican Congress people where it was not deserved at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was it. That... Can, can I ask, pose a question? Because I often wonder, do you think any of us all ever come together? Do you think it will ever happen? No. And I don't yeah. care for they it. They voted again. What was the, the, there were still Republicans that voted against there was like the, no, the no, thing to condemn Asian 94 American, to one. like 90, violence. 94 to one. There was a bill regarding, uh, regarding, uh, um, you know, dealing with hate crimes against Asian folk, uh, sorry, Asian American folk. And, it was 94 to one. You can't get everyone to agree on that. Josh Hawley was like, fuck off. There was a bill about, there was a bill about, uh, uh, you know, making sure drinking water was good for people to drink. And it was like 80 something to two Mike Lee and Ted Cruz were like, I don't think everyone should have clean drinking water. Like, I don't think that we're ever going to all agree. I don't think we're ever going to all unify, but I don't really care about that. I think that like, like I think when, when it comes to unity, it's like such a trap question. It's, it's really, and I'm not saying you're asking a trap question. I'm saying like, like when, when you see it in like, in like media, uh, the question about um, the question about unity is always a, such a trap because it, it 
implies that like you have to concede to the other side in order to mm. everyone specifically get... the democrats have to concede yes. to the republicans but yeah. but yeah. but truly everybody getting paid is good everybody being able to vote is good everybody getting health care is good like that's that's the like if if we're talking about unity how about we like make like talk i'd rather talk about equity i don't care about unity i'd rather yeah. talk about equity if if i if 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 that's a way that i can phrase that mm-hmm. right that's okay. a good question <laughs> yeah no it's, it's just something i think about often like being in this space and you know i have to listen to the other side too to really kind of you know, debunk a lot of stuff too that they're trying mm-hmm. to push as well. Mm-hmm. And I go, is there ever going to come a time where we are going to be on the same bridge? I don't know. Yes. There, there's really, I think, a, a huge cancer in the right wing of America. And it's not something that us on the left can fix. It is something they need to root out within themselves. And uh, until somebody's willing to do that, and uh, most of them are willing to do that, it's not going to happen. Like, because we do have people on the right who have spoken out against Trump and tried to do things, but then they get ostracized by their own party. Like, so it's just, yeah, it's hard. Like a bad high school. Yes. yes. Like, take yeah. take the insurrection, for example. The January 6th right. insurrection. You still had, after the insurrection, like, late into the night, you still had multiple Republican uh, politicians, Republican senators, uh, coming out and doing exactly what the insurrectionists wanted, which is trying to trying to block the vote. Like that's that's why I'm like, like, like that's why I'm gr- I'm glad that the Biden administration has like their view on bipartisanship as you know what do like I'm talking to the voters. I don't care about what these dumb politicians want. I'm talking to the voters because truly, how are you working with a side that is like, no, I think arms insurrection is fine. I think that the president of the United States uh, uh, pushing people to commit some sort of armed insurrection is fine like that they're not something you can you can't compromise with that you side. don't you don't compromise with white supremacists you don't that's true too. and that's that is right. a large part of the right wing of america right now and that's yeah. there's nothing we can do about that i right. really don't think there is it's it's the people that are in like like you need more people like and and again i i, I bring here's the problem i bring this up because like there, there are Republican politicians that are like, I don't agree with all the like, like Adam Kinzinger, who I maintain is probably one of the most attractive people in Congress. <laughs> I've said this before. I'll say it again. You say it almost every podcast. That's honestly. not true. That's not true. Why? That's not true. I, I don't know. Listen back. Listen back to look. Is this a ploy to get people to listen to all our podcasts? Because I think it's a great ploy. It's not true, but it's a great ploy. That man's a snack. But anyway, like if you like look at it, like. He his he he did come out and say like you know like I don't like the Trumpism and and I don't like armed insurrection and like but you 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 were basically silent and and voted with the former president on almost everything so it's like you yeah. like we it's hard to take seriously when people are like I don't agree with this it's like you didn't say a damn thing until this thing happened yeah. So the answer is no. <laughs> no, yeah. no, I don't think we're all going to get along. And I'm fine with that. As long as people yeah. get what they need, I don't care if we get along. I think that's where I'm at. Like, mm-hmm. as long as as long as we take care of the planet and take care of workers and take care of sick people, then I don't give a shit if we all agree. <laughs> like, I don't care. <laughs> well, according to Tim Scott, America is not a racist country. So. I 
Tim, can I just real quick before we move? I, I just <laughs> Tim Scott. I... There is a 79. There is a fucking almost octogenarian white man running laps around you regarding fucking racism and racial yeah. justice. How are you allowing that to happen, Tim Scott? That is baffling to me. Like, Tim, like Tim Scott coming out and saying that nonsense is just is just baffling because it's as if he's he it's as if he doesn't experience the same America that I experience, which he does, and he knows that he does. But didn't he say? And I mean, because I a lot of it I had to tune out when he came on <laughs> because it was just a whole bunch of lies. But didn't he say he was called the N word as well? And then at the end. Like say that America is not a racist country. I would need to see the specific transcript. Um, and I yeah, I'm pretty sure he said that in the beginning, but don't uh, quote me because again, <laughs> then I was just like, that's just that's typical. What are you talking about? That makes no sense. You're, you, these are your words that you're saying that makes no mm-hmm. sense. I did not watch this because I almost never watched the response to these things. <laughs> um, but I did see like a backlash thing, like that there was like racist stuff against Tim Scott. Um, trending afterwards um, but I, it, he said during the speech that this isn't a racist country and then came out after the speech and then that said he was being racially attacked which is kind of wild to me during the speech he said I've uh, quote I've been, I've also experienced a different kind of intolerance I get called Uncle Tom and the n-word by progressives by liberals just last week a national newspaper suggested my family's poverty was actually privileged because a relative owned land generations before my time um Tim. Right. So then at the end, <laughs> then to say America is not a racist. Okay. What? what? So like, he thinks what? that just the left is it's racist. It's just the left that's Got racist. It. Oh, Got it. I see what he's trying to do. Oh Got my it. God. And that's, it's just so, it's just so, so wild for that to be like the, his worldview. Like, like, no, nah, I'm pretty sure it's the left. It's like, my dude, there was a Charlottesville rally where they screamed Jews will not replace us. And they were very angry about black people as well. Like, where are you at? Where is your head at? It's so hard. Let's, um, it's sad. Honestly, it's really sad. Um, it was just, to me, it was a whole bunch of just lies. And quite frankly, with having a TV background too, seeing him read off the teleprompter with his head tilt the whole time was really <laughs> annoying. And I was like, could someone direct him that like, I know he's trying to read the teleprompter, but if he moves his head forward and then looks down a little bit, he doesn't have to be like this the whole time. That, that was another thing I noticed during Biden's address. <laughs> Is that he did like I'm sure there was a teleprompter somewhere, but he did a really good job like of not making it obvious. Mm. And he was like, we all know that Joe Biden struggles during speeches, but he was really on his game for the majority of the speech. Towards the end, you could tell he started to fall off. But for the majority of it, I was really impressed. And anyone who's listened to this podcast knows I do not give Joe Biden props on speaking a lot. You don't so, give him props on anything, anything a yeah, lot. <laughs> I, I was very impressed by this. I really was. Um, I wanted to just get to what I, I just wanted to add what I thought was, um, you know, not necessarily savory or, or something I would have. Um, one of the things, number one, we hear the, we hear the phrase, um, the, the country was built by the middle class a lot. And he, you know, he's middle class Joe, he's union Joe. 
Um, so I get why he threw that in there. That's not factual. The country was not built by the middle class. We're talking about built, built. The country was built by slaves, man. You gotta fucking say that. Um, also, uh, two more, just really two quick things. Um, one of the things he said was healthcare was a right, but didn't back Medicare, Medicare for all. Um, and said that, um, you know, we need to make education more affordable, but didn't talk about um, didn't talk about canceling student loan debt. Mm -hmm. Those are some just some couple of things that I w was not um, super pleased with just because I, I and that that's just me as like a person on my own. But overall, I think I agree. I think he did a very good job. Number one, he does he does this Joe Biden thing that he does so often, which is he just exudes empathy and exudes compassion and you're just like the way he can he can get down into a lower tone and then just talk and you're just like he's it feels like he's talking directly to me about all of my pains and worries and i like i understand i sound like i'm fangirling over <laughs> over joe biden but like like truly he that's that's the kind of speaker he can be like i agree with katrina that like on like on prompt speeches he sometimes isn't that great and it could be because he had a stutter and he's overcoming a stutter and and that 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 uh, all of that but but truly when he is just speaking and he has this ability to make you feel like he cares so deeply about your pains and concerns he does that so well and it's it's something that you know that's why he's the president. That's why he won the, that's why he won the presidency because he's, he has the ability to exude this, like to just bleed out this, this uh, care, this, this feeling of care and this feeling of understanding. And it's, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to like combat. It's hard to like get into your head and be cynical about it. In my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely comes off very warm when he speaks and very, relatable i think to a lot of people so i agree to that absolutely yeah it almost makes you forget that he said uh trickle down doesn't work but also voted for like reagan's tax cuts it's, it makes you almost forget that i mean i wouldn't know that i wasn't alive at that point but i know about it my man um let's quick move over to unless anyone has anything um further on the speech we want to move over to his first 100 days so um, Joe Biden has been the president for 100 days as of the 29th. Is that correct? I don't remember what the 100th day was. Can I really quickly, before we go into this, uh, the 100 day stuff is stupid, right? Who cares? <laughs> why was the why was 100 days seen as some sort of mark of of like Wednesday? Wasn't that like, isn't that considered when you have the most political capital? Maybe, but like mm. not, not in this day and age. Right. But, like, but I think in the past that was like, that's when you could really get something done because you have the cap, like you've just won an election, the nation's behind you, you haven't screwed anything up yet. I think that's what it is, but I could be wrong. No, that 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 tracks. I did want like I didn't have an actual. They're answer. not tired of you yet. <laughs> I didn't have an actual answer to that, so that's a good one. I that 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 answer tracks to me. And if you find and if you're listening and you find a, a different and better and more accurate answer, don't send it to me. I don't care. This is the one I want to listen to. This is the one I want to believe. Um, so let's go. Let's talk a little bit about Joe Biden's um, first 100 days uh, accomplishments. What has Joe Biden accomplished in this first 100 days that we see as significant, that we see as 
um, you know, groundbreaking or just incredibly important to um, his presidency or legitimately to the world as it is. Um, I would like. Uh, who would like to go first? I, you go I, first. I'll go first this time. Wait, no, hang on, Alicia. Did you want to go first? Because it looked like you're. No, I was just, you know, I'll, sure, I'll go first. I, I think the <laughs> biggest thing that I, <laughs> I am really excited to see is how he has really presented the vaccine rollout. Mm-hmm. You know, I really do feel mm-hmm. like he is really legitimately trying to get these shots in arms, and it is happening. Um, and I know we're a little bit of a stagnant right now because of, you know, people that are fearful of this vaccine. Um, but that being said, I do see an overall good push and i feel like we're we're seeing a light at the end of the tunnel and that's good leadership to me so i'm very happy to see that and to see someone who's out there for the greater good for everybody and so we could get past this i i 100 agree i think that um you know he uh when getting into office had his like 100 million shots in, in arms for his first 100 days and i remember so there was um the that uh dick from uh texas dan crenshaw representative dan crenshaw who's like if he really wanted to be uh, wanted to make a difference he'd say he'd, he i'd be impressed if he did 200 million well I, I really would like to check in with him because uh joe biden updated that to 200 million in 100 days and uh, hit that goal before the two hundred before the hundred day mark. So mm-hmm. I'd very much like to check in with Dan Crenshaw, that prick, and see if he um if he's given that <laughs> those props that he said he was going to give out. I can't imagine he would because of his lack of uh, backbone. But um, I do think that that's I mean that's the most important thing, right? Like we are living in a in a, in a situation where we can't go see each other. Uh, so one of the most important things is doing what we can to make sure that we can go see each other Mm -hmm. um that make sure that uh parents can uh sorry grandparents can see their grandchildren to make sure that um you know people can and go back like go back into work and work safely and and this that and the other like his his ability to roll out these vaccines because again he took over and there was no vaccine plan there was no vaccine rollout plan he he took over and and did a like, like his crew did a fabulous job of um of rolling out that vaccine um to to as many people as possible we even had with um the johnson johnson vaccine we had a pause and um a delay in that and that didn't really you know like we're 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 slowing up now not because there isn't a um isn't a uh, uh access to it we're not slowing up because of that we're slowing up because of vaccine hesitancy and this that and the other thing that's hard that's not something that like the biden administration could really fix that's something that like communities have to fix themselves but we have that access and everyone is everyone under uh, sorry everyone over 16 is eligible and it's super important like like that's good that the fact that we have that ability is really really good and i'm hoping that like with his speech when he uh called for everybody to get the vaccine i hope i'm hoping that like more continue to do that katrina your thoughts on his accomplishments on his accomplishments or the vaccine your call i mean i think the vaccine roll out the COVID-19 response in general is the most important thing that has gotten done in this first hundred days. I mean, oh my, like just for me personally, I imagine it's a lot of other people feel the same way. The, The Biden presidency with the COVID pandemic has felt so much better than all of the Trump presidency well, COVID pandemic. Well, hang on. Now let's, let's, 
let's before we start shitting all over the Trump COVID pandemic response, let's go over the facts of that, right? Um, when COVID, when, when COVID we reached, have to, we, we have to, I, we don't have to, <laughs> we just have to, I think it's important to point out like my man did a great job. Okay. So when, when we had a COVID case here, he's like, look, don't worry about it. It's going to go away. We have two cases now. It'll be zero cases next week. Um, and then. He, so well, all the while telling Bob Woodward, uh, this is bad, guys. <laughs> this is really bad. It's airborne and it's so bad. Telling then going in front of uh, Fox News cameras and saying, don't worry, guys, this is nothing. They're making a big deal out of this. The Democrats want to make a big deal out of this. Like this, he, it's it's easy. The, the bar for covid response was so low <laughs> like it was in the bar for everything was so low <laughs> like geez what we put up with what we had to deal with with a president that just lied to our faces all the time but he told it like it was obviously lie like silencing doctors he and told just it like, like it was it's just <laughs> I, I, I don't know how Biden could have screwed this up, honestly. I don't know what he could have done where we would have been like, oh, no, maybe he wasn't the right choice. Like, <laughs> like can you even imagine anything? I, I can't. Okay. I can't. I can't Listen, imagine. So when my, you know, when in COVID was first shaking down and there were all those press conferences in the beginning, like week to week and stuff like that, one of my kids had said to me at the time, I, I think it was my youngest one, and they're just like, he really doesn't know what he's doing, does he? And I'm like, nope. <laughs> nope. I don't think so, kiddo. No, honey. <laughs> kiddo, I don't think so. He told us to inject bleach into our veins. I don't think he knows what's up. I'd argue he has no idea what's up. No, yeah, you're you're right. Like it's very it's very difficult to think of like a but but truly, like, I understand there's like an incredibly low bar. And 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 reasonably uh, when, when, um, uh, sorry, truthfully, when Joe Biden took office, that hundred million, um, that hundred million uh, shots in a hundred million, uh, sorry, in a hundred days was actually low. That we were on, we were going to be on track to get that because of what he, because of what they had already like let out, set out in their plan. Um, when he doubled it, that was great because it actually showed that he was showing some sort of ambition. Previously, like that was just like, yeah, we're going to already hit that. That like, like. Uh, it, did it feel like it then though? It didn't, I don't think it, it didn't did. feel like it, but but the the number said it was going to happen. So it's not and I understand, you know, like under promise over deliver. I get that. But like just saying that it was like but right, that's what also that's what scientists, that's what math says is going to happen already. And for him to for him to double it and and hit that goal um, and you know, continue to vac- continue to have a robust vaccination plan that shows that we can eventually get outside and be around other people. Also, with the CDC like um, changing their guidelines on um, the way that we're able to behave with each other, um, with and without masks, and and that kind of like that's important. That's very important for his presidency because that's the defining thing for this presidency. Mm-hmm. How he handles this pandemic is going to be the defining thing for this presidency. And I think that he is meeting or exceeding expectations at this point. Uh, Another thing I wanted um, to uh, point out, the American Rescue Plan Act, uh, heavily um, supported by 
um, uh, you know, the left, right, and center uh, that are like voters, like left, right, and center, uh, just people in general, not left, right, and center uh, media um, or um, politicians because they're completely different animals. But um, uh, this was something that was very, uh, very needed and very important to a nation, um, expanding um, unemployment insurance, um, expanding that uh, child tax credit. Uh, getting people the fourteen hundred uh, dollar checks to get us up to to get them up to two thousand dollar uh, two thousand dollars, um, you know, like a lot of a lot of provisions in there, um, helping out um, small businesses, restaurants, uh, those kind of, like that was very very good as well. It's it's so good that Republicans who voted against it are campaigning on it. Like that's how mm-hmm. good it is. Like I, I think that that was I think that was going to be one of the, I think that's going to be one of the defining moments of his presidency as well even though it, like again it's something that happened almost like, you know, like like pretty early in his presidency. That is something that's super important and is going is going to have a, a good effect um especially if he's able to um get his infrastructure bill passed as well. Katrina, what do you think? Well, I mean, I think it's worth pointing out that this the Rescue Act might be one of the only big pieces of legislation that he does get passed during Mm-mm-mm. his administration. We're getting that infrastructure bill. Are we doing budget reconciliation get- for it? Yeah, we are. Joe Manchin said that he didn't want to keep doing budget reconciliation. Well, Joe Manchin can go fuck himself. <laughs> I agree, but uh, unfortunately we need him to vote for it for it to go so but anyway it's yeah it's pretty much the only major piece of legislation that has passed um in the first hundred days and it's very major and very crucial um and was very very helpful in a lot of ways so um yeah it's a it's a big accomplishment but and i think it will be looked back on as one of the major accomplishments of his entire presidency because it might be one of the only ones how dare you <laughs> Unfortunately, Alicia, what about you? Yeah, no. So the American Rescue Plan. I think what's essential is that you know help was needed and it still is needed. Mm-hmm. So I think it, it, it's 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 a it's the idea of that if we still see this this help still coming and to those who truly need it. I mean, I could speak to this directly. Um, you know, having a blended family where you know I'm working from home. I have three kids at home. Two of my kids are special needs um, every day, all day. I mean, my grocery bill is a lot. So a family like me where, you know, my fiance is retired military and I work, we're the working people of America and we still need some help. You know what I mean? Because it's it's a balancing act constantly. So I think essentially it's, it's great that there has been stuff rolled out, but that um, I think the American people need to see that still continue to be rolled out as well. I agree. I agree. Um, what about uh, some, we, we can't have accomplishments without disappointments. Uh, everybody disappoints. I a have little... a, a couple more accomplishments. Oh, my apologies. Go ahead with your accomplishments. Whoa, <laughs> well, my bad. He has um, worked outside of Congress knowing that he doesn't necessarily have the support needed to get yes, things done. Yes. Um, Doing he has executive orders. Done ex- um, 52, I believe, executive orders and memorandums in his first 100 days, which is more than any of the three previous presidents did in their first 100 days. A lot of those were reversing things that Donald Trump had done, mm-hmm. uh, which is crucial. Um, but those are important things he did, um, including reversing the transgender military ban, um, in, 
including um, extending the student loan debt relief. Um, Rejoining uh, Paris. Right. So lots of stuff for the environment, reversing Trump policies, some immigration stuff, like really important things he did through executive action, Mm -hmm. Um, raising the federal minimum wage um, for contract, like for government employees and stuff like that because that's all he could do um but yeah there i think that um he did take action in um those ways uh even though his message is all about bipartisanship so i do think that was important though there were more things that he could have done yes i think there are things that yes he definitely there are things that he definitely could have done and, and i think i think that there are things that he went about on his own um reversing reversing uh trump policies to the environment and immigration excuse me incredibly important um uh going forward because of just the the entire mess that that administration was and the the like just the nonsense they were trying to get into um does anyone have any other i do too yes keep going he keep, also let it go. The, the, uh, really quick, before you keep going, this is wild. You have so much good stuff to say about Joe Biden. <laughs> you have so much. That's so crazy. I'm sorry. Um, but he, so, wait, did you apologize to me or to the cat? To you. Um, you don't have to apologize to me. He selected the most racially diverse cabinet in history. You're goddamn right he did. Significantly. You're goddamn right. <laughs> so that, that is definitely an accomplishment that he should be credited for. Because that's important. Deb Holland did interior. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's all I have. Mm-hmm. That's what I have. That was, that was a good one. That last one was a really good one. I, I honestly, com- because it should be so, uh, it should be so normal. I forgot. I, that, that is an, mm. a, a huge thing that Joe Biden is creating an incredibly diverse cabinet. He, um, um, he had said during during his run, he is going to nominate a woman for the supreme, a black woman for the supreme court when that nomination comes up. Um, he has been doing that for um, for uh, judge, uh, uh, sorry for, for for judge positions. He has been nominating like people people of color, women of color. I, I think that's fucking great because that's absolutely something that's needed in the judiciary. Um, it is too too old sorry too uh you know too male too white too nonsense for me <laughs> it needs we need a better a, a different perspective out there um and he is he is delivering that and that's really really good i'm i'm honestly katrina I'm just surprised because we both we we both have been Biden critics, you more so than me, mm-hmm. because I was blinded by my need to win the presidency. <laughs> and you Don't were like, lie. You loved Biden before you figured out all of his stuff. Before I look, before I looked into anything, I'm like, Biden's going to win. <laughs> Let's do it. And I'm tur- so cool in his aviator. He's got aviators <laughs> and ice cream. I love it. Um, Let's so speaking of criticizing Biden, let's go into some disappointments. Does anyone want to go first? I would be more than happy to if, if no one else wants to. I can go first. Go ahead. Keep going on on this roll. Cancel student debt, baby. Yes. <laughs> Joey, Joey B, where's the cancellation, baby? Yeah. We got we got debts that need to be cleared, my man. Yeah. 
for sure that's my number one disappointment because it's something that he can do yes, on his own. That's the thing. And it's, he's not doing the, it. The thing that makes it the most disappointing, you're absolutely right, is the fact that like he knows he can do that. Like it's not like it's a it's a hidden power that he's not aware of. He knows he can do it. He campaigned on doing some of it, and at this point hasn't done any of it. And is like, I want Congress to do it. Fuck, Congress is gonna fucking do anything. We can't get Joe Manchin to agree that the people of D.C. deserve representation. I can't imagine Joe Manchin being like, you know what everyone does deserve though, a little bit more money in their pocket. <laughs> no, no. Um, Alicia, do you have any, um, well, oh, sorry, Katrina, I, no, I, no, no, go ahead. I'm good. Oh, you sure? Yeah. You sure? My, that was my thing. That okay. Thing. <laughs> Alicia, do you have any, um, uh, any disappointments for, um, President Biden? Sure. I don't know if this is quite a disappointment, but almost to see what's really going to happen with it. Um, because I truly don't understand, have an understanding of, uh, which way this is going to go, what he's really looking to do when it comes to police reform. I know he's mentioned mm. it. I know he's talked about it. But what's this going to look like, you know, and uh, how are we going to connect these dots and how is this going to happen? So I don't um, I don't know if that's a criticism. I think it's more of a I'm anxious to see the work actually be done, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, there are definitely questions there. That's that's another thing I think he's putting on Congress to do. mm -hmm. He's not taking action himself, which is... Yeah, and that's kind of where it's it's like we we, we need to get this done. From a a national level, I think, from a a federal level, rather, I do think it would be harder for him to, um, you know, do reforms to, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, like state and local police. However, what he does have the the, uh, capacity to do is... um, uh, the, the his justice department can do more investigations on police precincts and mm-hmm. uh, and um you know police departments that have high levels of um office i'm going to use their language quote officer involved shootings unquote or or you know uh, complaints of brutality like, they did announce investigations into louisville and um not enough minnesota not enough minnesota firstly i agree i don't feel like it's enough no no i agree i'm just saying they did i think that just came out after the george floyd verdict you're absolutely right for and both of them that they're investigating both of them you're absolutely right and and those those places need it minnesota specifically like the amount of police violence you 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 the, the amount of police violence you see in the news a lot of it's coming from minnesota and that needs to be looked into into. But um, the Justice Department can look into a lot more uh, police departments than they are looking into, and that's what's mm-hmm. important. Um, I think that that's something that federally needs to be done. Um, and I don't know if that's because, again, now here's where we are in a situation where I don't know the specific, I don't know the exact specifics of what Joe Biden can direct the Justice Department to do versus the Justice Department being a an independent, like like the like the Attorney General being an independent. Um, um, agent that can act uh that has to act independently from the like that's that's the thing i'm not sure if like i should be criticizing joe biden on Mm -hmm. or if i should be criticizing newly uh selected merrick garland on like i'm not sure where that criticism lies but it is there like the justice department needs to be looking into more police departments that are committing these fucking heinous acts another uh, a cool thing that's related is that the homeland security announced that they were gonna like 
I think start like a task force or a committee or something to to spend a lot of time investigating white supremacist groups. That's good because um, they're the yeah they're one of the which I'm like oh my god homeland thre- security doing something that's cool <laughs> <laughs> that's not detrimental to our country. Yeah. Um. Another disappointment I have just real quick. Um. It shouldn't have taken um, uh, progressive activism uh, and and bullying to get um, Joe Biden to increase the amount of um, uh, uh, um, incre- help me, Katrina. Increase the amount the, uh, uh, refugees? of refugees mm-hmm. that we take. I, yeah, I that that was something I was gonna say. The immigration situation has yes. not been handled well. The the yeah. like yeah, and, agreed. Like the 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 fact that like we that he had to be bullied into like the Trump level that they the the Trump administration level was historically low and and like unsympathetically low mm-hmm. and Joe Biden ran literally ran on increasing it. One of the things he said he was going to do is increase it, and the fact that he just decided that that was like out of the window was insane and the, and that's that's why it's super important to have activists that continue to push this administration to the left because though they have done i would argue a pretty good job of meeting progressive standards they still on numerous occasions will fall incredibly short and they need people there to push them i can't believe this is something that needed to be pushed because this is a fucking humanity situation mm-hmm. people are fleeing violence fleeing death fleeing hellish situations and we're not going to take them in is is absolutely bonkers to me so mm-hmm. that was that was something i was very disappointed in in president biden on yeah i think that just the immigration issue as a whole right now is not being handled great. Um, I just think it's a humanitarian issue for sure. The way that they are currently like treating and like imprisoning essentially people who are crossing the border Mm -hmm. um, in terrible conditions. And just, it's not, I I don't understand why it's continuing this way. It's, it, it makes no sense to me. This is exactly what we were criticizing Trump for, and there are people in cages still. So, mm-hmm. no, no, no good, at all. Yeah, it's it's hard for me to even think about that because I think all the children and the babies that are that are there, and um, we got we got to do better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we do. Um, yeah. Uh, so, I would say. Um, within uh, Joe Biden's first 100 days, I think that he has, unfortunately, if we discount that last thing we just talked about, he has done a good job just for the sheer fact that, like, the number one thing is the pandemic, and he has done a good job on that pandemic, right? Like, the Biden administration has done a good job on the pandemic. The Biden administration has done a good job on um, on uh, issues relating to the pandemic. Um, and... Uh, it, it, because of that, by proxy, he is also doing good stuff with for labor. He was one of the first. He was like the first president to like make like take that st- like take a big old stand uh, against Amazon. Um, and uh, you know, even no, though I mean, the- Trump was really against Amazon. No, Trump was against Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Trump wasn't. Trump was the other fucking like Amazon. Trump talked about Jeff Bezos a lot. He hated Jeff Bezos, not necessarily Amazon. Um, that was the one thing 
he and that was the one thing he and Bernie Sanders agreed about. <laughs> they both fucking hated Jeff Bezos, but but um, I, I do think that I do think that overall Joe Biden has done a, a, done a good job as the as the president thus far. Hundred days in, again, hundred days is such a stupid. I don't care about the the specific hundred day distinction, but but he has done a good job. Um, but there there are definitely things that need to be updated addressed and fixed specifically um uh specifically the 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 issue at the at the border right now as well as um student loan debt and health care uh you know we can we can talk about how we can expand obamacare forever but like let's be honest there's a there's a we gotta there's a add a public option and then we're good i guess we got to add a public option because there are still people who can't get to it, who can't afford the premiums. We need a public option or we need Medicare for all. That is true. Um, I'll leave it at that. Katrina, um, what do you what, give me your uh, give me your. What you want, like a grade? I'm not grade? asking for a grade. I'd say he's like at a B. We're not a B. B <laughs> solid, not a not a B plus. Oh, just a, a solid B. Yeah. Yeah, good. I think on on the pandemic, it's it's an A for sure. But uh, on the pandemic, it's an A fucking plus. Yeah, yeah. I, I do agree. I think the... he's doing. I, I think I think he kicked ass at it. Honestly, I... like I think he's doing exactly what should have been done. I got to see like six people <laughs> at in in the past, like. I got to see them after an incredibly long time of seeing two people. (laughs) So I would argue a plus (laughs) the pandemic, (laughs) a plus on the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. And that is like the most like here and now biggest issue for this country right now. I agree. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Alicia, what about you? You don't have to give a grade. No one asks for a grade. <laughs> I like I like grading. Grading fun. Overall, I have to say, I think he's doing a great job. I do. I think it's just you know, it's also you know up to us to 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 stay on top and to make sure things get done and call our local legislatives to make sure things are actually happening and you know get involved in, in the local uh, areas to to really make these things move and shake, you know, it's not just, you know, as, as we all know, it's not just our president that makes things happen, but it's, it's all of us that really could, could change and uh, all those things. So right now I think, I do, I think he's doing a great job and I'm anxious to see how everything else gets laid out. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Alicia, I wanted to talk to you. We're going to we're going to end by talking about you um, as OK, I'm a little bit I'm a little bit tipsy. So I do apologize for if All things right. sounds crazy right now. Um, I wanted to talk to you about like kind of like like you as a, as a person and, um, uh, you know, like uh, the, the like you you are an incredibly interesting person. You have a multicultural family and um raising like multicultural kids in a 
in America at pretty much any point, but specifically now has to be difficult. And I wanted to kind of talk to you about that. And I wanted to like, let you kind of talk a little bit about, um, you know, who you are and, and, and some, some like stuff specifically for you. And I, I'm sorry, I'm not good at putting it in a certain way. Cause I'm no, it's, it's a lot. So I guess I'll, I'll just go with it. Um, so I, um, I was born and raised in Northeastern Pennsylvania. Um, I'm half Chilean and uh, being a Latina in this area, I felt like many years I never could really um, be exactly who I am because I was raised around, um, quite frankly, just a lot of white people. Mm-hmm. And um, although there's wonderful things about growing up in the NEPA area, there are many things that I felt like I've suppressed for many years of being my true self and really being um, Alicia, the Latina woman that I am. Um, and I, I, oddly enough, I, I didn't realize that until now my mid thirties. Um, I was a single parent for many years. Um, single momhood, you know, obviously had a lot of different obstacles. And then once I chose to start dating, I met my husband um, who was um, in our US Air Force for many years. We were doing long distance. He had two children. Uh, moved out cross country to be with him. Um, and we end up lending our family. My oldest stepson has mild autism. Um, two of my stepchildren are, um, are mixed. And then my son is white. And then my son also has um, Asperger's. So we have special needs in our home. Um, we have multicultural in our home. I'm Latina. My husband is black and was a former service member. Um, so there are many different facets that I hit, um, with, and what we experience on a day-to-day basis. Um, you know, you know, speaking of, you know, my soon to be husband, it's interesting because as soon as that uniform came off, he's just a black man in America. You know, he served our country for 20 years. Um, the conversations, um, with, you know, I mean, with everything that's happening um, that we see in the media, I mean, as we know, it's it's nothing new. It's been there for years. The cameras are new. Um, and to have these tough conversations with my young children, I have a nine-year-old, a 10-year-old, and a 14-year-old. Um, to have these conversations, and they're boys, so they, they are, you know, crazy at times and hectic. Um, but we have to have these tough conversations with them. Like, hey, you know, when you, when you get in your teenage years, they might treat, you know, Isaiah one way and Max, you might get treated another way, but you all have to be there for one another. And it's so hard to have these, just these like ideas that, you know, just because of the color of your skin, that someone will look at you differently, but that's the reality. Even for my white son to have to, I have to, I don't have to have the same conversation with him that I do with my biracial children, but it's still those conversations. And I think when people say like, uh, like, oh, well, they just need to be respectful and all these things. It's like, well, you're not experiencing these type of things that actually happen. And every time I see another one, uh, another human being getting shot or something just horrible happening, I feel like it's hitting my heart directly because it's what I deal with every day, every day with the people that I love. And then just on another layer of having children with special needs who are also biracial, that's, I feel like we need to talk about that more. Like these police officers and 
people in general need to understand how to deal with different issues Mm -hmm. there. I just, there's so, I just feel like they're so trigger happy and that should not be the way that we go when it comes to this. There are many, I'm also, I'm also, um, I've studied behavioral therapy and I've had to because of my children, just in that alone, there are so many layers of different things that you can do to really help a person come down from whatever they're dealing with. And I feel like that's not even involved in any type of training for any of our police officers. And I definitely think should be part of the conversation um, besides picking up their gun. So um, that's, that's me in a nutshell. It's a lot, but I definitely hold many different facets and, and could speak to many different components because it's my everyday life. Can I, I'd like to just add, like, I'm, so after the, the, um, speech, um, or during the speech, there was a tweet from Representative Jamal Bowman, um, from New York, who, um, said, and I'm I'm just, uh, pair, I'm I'm not paraphrasing, I'm, I'm just taking a specific quote from his tweet, um, uh, quote, uh, every single time I have to watch a video of a black man or a brown kid die at the hands of police violence, a little piece of me dies too. That, that rang unbelievably true in my head, um, when I read it. And I'm just wondering, um, have, uh, what do you, and I'm trying to ask this in the most delicate way I can, because I don't, this, I don't want to be too invasive. And if I am, please let me know. I do apologize. Okay. But like the, the, the video component of this, of, of police killings of uh, people of color, is is the new thing, right? Everything else was, everything else, like, we we knew the stories before, we knew what actually happened before, but now we have video evidence because everything is live streamed. Um, have you, have, have you had to, like, have you talked to your children regarding, um, you know, the, like, specifically video and and how they how they feel stumbling upon that i know that like you know it's it's hard to like police what your children see online and i imagine that that is something that is unavoidable um has is that something that you've you've spoken to them about yeah i know um you know unfortunately we do show them the footage um because um I don't want to say they need to see it, but you know, as a parent, you have to guide them. That's mm-hmm. part of our job. And, um, well, that is our job, I should say. And, you know, all each one of my boys are getting to the age where they're even more independent and independent. They, you know, want to go out and play with like friends and stuff. And, you know, we have to have those tough conversations. Well, you know, um, this one might get a pass, but you might not. And it, yeah, it's because of the color of your skin or someone's afraid of you. And uh, we don't have all those exact reasons for you, but we just need to make you aware of that because um, this is what's happening. You know, like speaking of the George Floyd um, um, incident, you know, my white son considers, you know, Steve, my soon to be husband, his father. Mm -hmm. And he's like, that could be, that could be like my dad. And I was like, I know, honey. I know. And it's so, you know, I think people a lot of the times are so sectored and, you know, what, who this affects and it affects all of us. Um, but in a family like mine, like it's, it's, it is, I mean, it definitely, they, we have them watch the video. They are very informed. Um, and, you know, growing up in this MEPA area, the one thing that I get extremely frustrated with, but then I have empathy for oddly enough, is that I do know people don't understand certain things because they're not experiencing it. 
right? So like, they'll be like, oh, well, you know, if, it, and I hate when they say this, but you know, well, maybe if they just listened and I'm like, it, no, it's, it's not just that. And, you know, my soon to be husband would, would get pulled over and had his seats ripped out of his car for no reason. Like, like why, like why? Because they were afraid of him. Has that ever happened to you? You know, and I have these conversations with him. Well, no, what, what it was he doing? I was like, he was just, you know, like he was speeding. Right. Like, that, <laughs> that, that question that what was he doing? Like implies, and, and some people don't completely understand, like heavily implies like, oh, they deserve the treatment that they get because they were doing something wrong. Right. Like, yeah. no, no one does like, and I think that's, that's, that's something that's probably a really difficult thing to, to talk about with people with. It was just like, you it know, is. you don't yeah, and, deserve you know, to be I, treated I'm very way. aware. I am, a, I'm a Latina woman, but I'm very aware of my privilege as well. Right. So unfortunately I've had the, have these had these conversations with white people and they'll be like, well, is he like, but you're, you're like Spanish, but not like really Spanish. And I was like, what, what are you saying? Like, what does that mean? Or, oh, so like, he's like black, but not like black, black. What does that mean? Like what, like why? If you, you ever know, find out. I've ha they've had these conversations with me, maybe with a, you know, a black person, they would not have that conversation yeah. with. And I feel like. But what about like, with a black, you know, black person? Would they have I'm the sorry? conversation with the black, black person? <laughs> Was that? Sorry, that was. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I was. That was a joke off of you saying that someone that you're. They would say something that's like black, but not black, black. So I asked. Yeah, like, my bad. Like, what is that? What do you mean? Like, <laughs> like there's only. Yeah. I like what are we were talking about, but these are the the those conversations I've had with white people, and I'm like, this is so crazy that you think this way, mm -hmm. but then part of me understands it's because you never left your bubble, right? So you're you you've stayed here. You know, I've I've grown up in I've grown up in Northeast Pennsylvania, but like I mentioned, I was on reality television. I lived in Los Angeles. I lived on a cruise ship. I went out to many different places across the country, and I really think it's important that you at least leave your area at least once to experience different parts of this world, because if you stay in your bubble, that's all you're going to know. Mm -hmm. And I do think that's a big part of where racism, racism, you know, comes up. I mean, it comes many different places, but I think that's a big component, especially for people in the greater Nipah area. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm going to end with a fun question, I guess. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> this is, this this is, is all difficult. Up. And Katrina hasn't talked for a while. Um, so, <laughs> so I'll end the question on this. Um, uh, Alicia, Katrina, you both, you are um, engaged to black men, soon to be married to black men. We're dope, right? We're cool as hell. 100. <laughs> <laughs> I, I literally did. I don't even know what to say to that. Um, <laughs> I, I literally was like, I bet she's going to be just baffled by the fact that Terrain is taking this time to try to reap praise for no reason. You are cool as hell, Terrain. So cool. So cool. But I will not generalize all black men. <laughs> not all black men are as fucking cool as me. <laughs> um... I'll, I'll ask a real last question, Alicia. You, um, what is a what is a dance that you know that you enjoy doing? What's a do you have a specific dance oh. that you like to do? Like, are you a like a tango? I feel oh, like listen, she's the cha cha cha, baby. I love it. 
that's, that's, that's the cha-cha-cha. The what? The cha-cha-cha. Cha-cha-cha. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. A lot of people say the cha-cha, but there's actually three cha-cha-chas. So. I did not. I, that's something I did not know. Cha-cha-cha. Yeah. She didn't clarify she, that. I mean, she clarified that she likes to shake her cake, and that's all <laughs> I wanted to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's going to do you it. Should say, I, I have to tell you, too, I have many different ages that come to my uh, dance aerobics class, and I love, like, when the older ladies leave, and they're like, I love shaking my cake with you. I'm like, all right. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, oh, my God. The, uh, yeah, no. Bringing people together one booty at a time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Title of the episode. That's yep. 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 No no question that's the fucking title of the episode. <laughs> Thank you all for listening this week. Uh we really appreciate it. Um Alicia, again, tell us where we can find you, your social medias, your um your uh, uh podcast show. Let us know. Or check me out on all social media platforms at, at Miss Alicia Duque. Or you could check out my website at www.thealiciashow.com. Thank you for being here. We really, really appreciate it. Um, yeah, this was fun. This was very fun. You are welcome back whenever you would like to come back. Uh, just back. let me know. You are more than welcome back. Um, a little bit of housekeeping at the bottom. Um, I was on an episode of Barnstorming PA. It came out. Go check them out on, um, I believe they're on all social media platforms. I listen to it on Stitcher, but it's probably on other stuff too. So please check that out. It was really great. Um, uh, thank you all for listening. We will be back next week um, with some sort of episode. Uh, Hopefully an all circle episode. We're going to do an all circle episode next week, y'all. We're going to do an all circle episode. It's going to be, it's going to be, we're going to, we're going to give up the game. It's all, it's all circle next week. I stand river. I, no, why? <laughs> it's not necessary. Oh, goodness gracious. Um, Trevor, I stand Trevor. Thank you all for listening. We will see you next week. And until then, cheers. Cheers.